0: Nice to be here with you again today. Appreciate the opportunity. I've uh, taught the freshman class twice this, this week. I've not done that previous to this. I've enjoyed that also. Thank you, Mr. Hogue, for that good opportunity there. Uh, and of course, I taught leading a child to Christ. That's, that's, what I, that's what I do. I love to share the Word of God and I love to share the Word of God with people of all ages, but particularly with, with boys and girls. They have hearts that are receptive and ready to hear. I, uh, I, I read you some letters yesterday. I, this, is a, this is a letter that was sent to me. I'll just kind of use it as an illustration. I, I spoke at a conference in Colorado Springs last year. And I, uh, there was a man named Darius Becker there. And he uh he was a local director for child evangelism fellowship, and he went back to his church and and I got a past a letter an email from the pastor of his church. He said, "John, I am pastor in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You spoke at a conference where the director of Southeast Wyoming was present, Darius Becker we meet uh, have met over the years for ministry and personal accountability and Knowing I am from Maine, he mentioned that you were from Brunswick. So, a note of greeting now, this is a pastor in uh, Wyoming. So, a note of greeting from a former Brunswick resident. It was 48 years ago that I came to Christ at an evening service at Berean Baptist Church on Cumberland Street. If you happen to visit there sometime, my wife and I attended there actually. ...for a few years. You've been there, Mr. Hoag, I'm assuming. Have you been there, Mr. Doherty, to Berean Baptist Church? It's uh, Pastor Rockwood graduated from here, is the, is the pastor there, Mark Rockwood. But it was 48 years ago that I came to faith in Christ... ...at an evening service at Berean Baptist Church on Cumberland Street. If you happen to visit there sometime, you might encourage them with the reminder... ...that a 12-year-old once slipped into an evening service to escape a troubled home life and was drawn into the family of God and the abundant life. 12-year-old boy visited an evening service. I don't know, we even have many evening services anymore. We've come a long ways, haven't we? But a 12-year-old boy dropped into an evening service. Nobody brought him. I mean, he just just came to church one Sunday evening. And it was Pastor Wheeler that was actually the pastor there at the time that uh, this little boy and he's uh, that was 48 years from when he wrote this to me last year. But, uh, yeah. God God works. God works in the lives of kids when we're faithful to share the gospel with those children. God works. I <clears throat> the hardest the, the most difficult aspect oftentimes of the battle that we're in to bring the gospel to kids is is to get others to see others motivated to share the gospel with boys and girls, to join in ministry with boys and girls. There's just an idea today that, my, that's that's just not that important. It's just I I often share this illustration when I'm here, that I, I get calls to do missions conferences. And in the fall and in the spring particularly, at missions conferences, I'll go and I'll speak and and this is, the, this is the way the telephone call goes sometimes. Uh, John, our missions conference is at such and such a date. Uh, do you have those, those dates free? We'd love to have you here. And I look at my calendar and I have those dates free. And I say, yes, I, I am available to come to your missions conference. And then it goes something like this. Now, I hope you don't mind. But what we'd like for you to do is Teach the kids during our missions conference. I hope you don't mind, but what we'd like for you to do is teach the kids at our missions conference. No, nobody has ever said, "I hope you don't mind," but what we'd like for you to do is have the adults at our missions conference. Oh, you know, we've already got our children speaker. Too bad, huh? But you'll miss out on that. that why, why doesn't? Why does? Why is it always the opposite way? I mean, where's the premium put? It's put on teaching. Adults, it's put on teaching grown-ups. And one particular missions conference that I was in, in a large church, a uh, large for Maine standards anyways, 300 maybe, and they, they, uh, they had me come just for that purpose, and missions conference, and my, the upstairs, the auditorium was decorated with flags, and I mean, they just had it. It was big time there, you know. It was their missions conference, and rightfully so. And so I went down on a Sunday morning, and I went downstairs with the kids, in the basement with the kids. One of these days, I'd like to go to a missions conference where the adults are in the basement. I would. And all the kids are, all the kids are upstairs, the grown-ups, you know, sorry, but we're, this, is, this is for kids, and uh, the grown-ups, you've got to go down in the basement. I, I went down in the basement. It was nice enough down there. I mean, it wasn't like a dungeon, but I was down in the basement, and... Um, the, the a piano player went down. She played one song for me. And then you know what she where she went when she finished playing her song? She went upstairs. Yeah, she went upstairs. And, and even their Sunday school, even the teachers were upstairs. They had a big name speaker there. I understand all of that, you know. But, you know, I mean, what's the message there? What is the message there? And when it finished up, when when the missions conference finished up that day and I went upstairs everyone wanted to talk about all that god did upstairs only one person a grandparent one of the kids grandparents only one person asked me how did it go downstairs this morning that's it one person and now here's the here's here's the whole point right here of it do, do you know when most people that are on the mission field today, the majority of people on the mission field today do you know how old they were when they made the decision to go to the mission field? They were kids. <laughs> Most of them, the majority of them were kids. They made that decision when they were children. But missions conference, you know, put the kids in the basement. and I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that God did at least as great a work in hearts that day down in the basement as he did upstairs. So I want to read this morning from Mark chapter 10. And I've kind of given you, a, hopefully, a point of reference as we read this passage of Scripture. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 13. And... We've not changed a whole lot. Then they brought little children to him. Then they brought little children to him. Who do you suppose brought the kids? Who? Mr. McMahon? The mums. I, I just gotta believe that, yeah. Do we have any mums here? Have any mothers here? Yeah. That's what you do, isn't it, Margaret? I mean the Lord Jesus is in the community and he's busy right now. He's teaching the grown up men. That's what that's what you do when you've really arrived. You know, you get to teach the grown ups. And that's what the Lord Jesus is doing. He's teaching those grown-up men. And so, but boy, I, I know what Margaret would do if Grace was little, and even at Grace's age right now. Let's bring Grace and see if she can meet the Lord Jesus also. Yeah. And so that's what the mothers do. At least I think that's who it is, is the moms. I, uh, then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. And, and what did the disciples do? What did they do? Send them where now? Send them where we're going to send these kids? Down to where? Down to the basement. No, no, no. Put the kids in the basement. <laughs> they don't say put them in the basement. They, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. You, you understand what I mean when I say put them in the basement. The Lord doesn't have time. He's busy right now. Do you, do you, want, to, do you want to bother this great teacher with a bunch of little kids. Well, we don't, we don't come right out and say that, you know, we just put them in the basement instead. Always. And I, I, I know someone's got to be there. I, I know someone does, but uh, I mean, that just happens all the time. I, I went to do a camp after this was number of years ago before we were doing our full-time summer and I had a couple of weeks at the end of the summer and I was asked to do a church camp and they had people of all ages there but they were ministering primarily they were ministering to the kids and to the teenagers who got the main auditorium who got the you know who who got the main auditorium who the teenagers got the main auditorium not the kids who got all the banners who got all the big time music? You know, the, the teenagers did. John will take care of the kids. He'll do a good job with the kids. They'll be all right. That's just the way that we do things. We're like these disciples. We have to be so very careful in our ministry. When, when the Lord Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Yes, Lord. And I'm not going to talk about all the different wording there, but just, just for this, our purposes this morning, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so do what? Feed my sheep. And then he said it again a second time. Peter, do you love me? Do what? Feed my lambs. Yeah, the little ones too, right? The little ones too. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my lambs. Take care of those little ones. Every, uh, every child, every child is precious in God's sight. There's a lot of rhetoric that says that, but every child is precious in God's sight. Why? Why, why is it so? Why? You tell me. Why is every child precious in God's sight? Why? Someone someone, tell me. I don't want to pick on someone like I did yesterday. Someone tell me why. why. Why are children precious in God's sight? I know you must know who made them. I mean, they're made in the image of God, aren't they? That's why children are no different than adults that way. Children are precious in God's sight because they're made in God's image. Children are valued in God's sight because they have been... Paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like grown-ups. When the Lord Jesus gave his life on the cross, shedding his blood, that's a redemption sufficient for the whole world. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That includes every child. They need to hear the gospel. And so they bring these kids to the Lord Jesus, and the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. He was moved with indignation at that kind of an attitude that said, take the children away. I believe he's moved with indignation today when We ask someone to teach a Sunday school class and they say, well, I don't know. I don't have too much training. And we say, well, it's all, they're only kids. Our learning Sunday school teachers, the ones that are just learning to teach Sunday school, they start with the kids. When you graduate and you really can teach, then you're going to get up there and do teens or college and career or adults. But after all, anyone can just take the kids, can't they? Send them to the nursery. Give them, send them to junior church. Oh, my. And I, I like junior church. I do. But you know how we do, them? do Do any of you do junior church in your churches? Raise your hand if you do. How do you... Uh, how do they handle junior church in your church? Who who teaches it? Who does junior church? Yes. Tajita? Jatina. Jatina. Oh I'm sorry, Jatina. Um, well in our church they stay until right for the pastor's prayer. They have like a big um, like yeah. message up there and they do like a song for the children. Yeah. And then they get down to junior church and who teaches them? well, that's good, that's good. They won't let an inexperienced person do it. You you know what I don't like about that? I never have liked that. They get a different teacher every week. You know, Would would you do junior church? You only have to do it for a month or two weeks and then somebody else will do it. You'll get a chance to be upstairs with the big folks. You, you, those kids the, you know how would you like it if you were if you were in church and every week you had a different you know the, the pastor a couple of weeks and then somebody else a couple of weeks and then somebody else a couple of weeks and some I mean if you're going to go down to junior church, give them someone that loves them and cares about them I'm, and i 'm sure those folks do, but someone that would be their their minister that would take care of them that would feed the lambs, the way they need to be fed, that would get to know them. I mean, we have such a tremendous opportunity when we have kids in our church. Our own children, our grandchildren, those those kids, my, we've got to, we've got to give it all that we have in ministry to those kids so that they don't grow up and leave in record numbers like is happening today. We've got to see that changed. And not only for our kids, but we've got to reach out to those other kids. Someone has got to bring them to the Lord Jesus like these moms did. And, I mean, you're you're going against the tide when you think along those lines. In running camp ministry, one of the things that we always hear is, is uh, do you, what kind of follow-up do you do? Everybody likes to ask that question when you work with kids. What ki- they don't ask that question when you work with adults, but when you work with kids, they like to ask that question. What kind of follow-up do you do? And so we used to send the names of all of the kids that came to camp. You know, if they were, um, if they lived in Lewiston, we would send them to Pastor Gumprit down there. Christian Gumpert is a graduate of this school also, and A good friend, and he loves the Lord and did a good work there in Lewiston. He's in Auburn now, but did a good work in Lewiston right there in a very needy part and loved kids. Came from a rough place himself, loved kids. He said, John, don't send me the names anymore. And I said, why? He said, I, I, I knock on the doors. He's one, of, he's one of the few pastors that actually did something with the names. Most like to say, what do you do for follow-up? And you give them the names, and don't do anything with them. And, and in a sense, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to blame them. But he's one of the few that did go and he'd knock on a door and say he's the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church when he was pastoring that church in Lewiston and came to visit your kids. They went to Camp Good News. You know what kind of response he usually got? I mean, it's hard. It's difficult. We sent our kids to camp. How in the world did you get our address? We didn't send our kids to camp thinking a pastor would come to visit us. I mean, that's, that's the kind of response. You know, when people say, do you do follow-up? My goodness, it's a difficult thing to do follow-up. But we have to do it anyways. And so we've, uh, we've worked on doing follow-up and trying to do follow-up in a right way with kids. But... It's just, when, when you say, I'm going to minister to kids, I mean, you're going against the grain. It, it's a, it's a, anyone that wants to minister to kids, it is a struggle. And yet, we need folks that would say, I'll minister to boys and girls. I believe God must call some people, I, I know he does, but I think he calls more than go into ministry to children. And then... I know some of you will end up in the pastorate, some of you will end up as pastor's wives, some of you will end up teaching Sunday school, you'll end up as deacons in churches and so on and so forth. I hope that no matter where you end up, you will remember the words that the Lord spoke to Peter, feed my lambs. If the kids in the church don't think that you're their pastor also as much as you are their mom and dad's pastor, then something's wrong in that church. And I, I, I think there are things wrong in our churches. Just, just for instance, when it comes to kids' ministry, just for instance, somebody visits in your church, and they, uh, mom and dad and family, and talk to them, and and especially if they know how to tithe right away even, that makes it better. What's going to happen with that family uh, soon enough in their home? What's going to happen? If they've visited the church a couple times, what's going to happen or should happen soon enough and usually does? What will happen? Someone what? Someone from the church will visit in that home. I mean, I hope we're still doing that. Someone in the church will visit in that home. Because we, we, those are open doors, those are doors of opportunity, and we want to bring the gospel to people. We want to make sure they understand the gospel, and so they show up as visitors in our church, and we go and visit in their homes. Do we do the same thing for kids? When a visitor comes to Sunday school, does somebody go and visit in that child's home? When they visit an Awana program, does somebody go and visit in that home? Or are we just content to say, oh my, we had 50 kids in Awana. Where do they live? Well, I don't know where they live, but we had 50 kids in our Awana. How come nobody's visiting in their home? How come the red carpet isn't rolled out for those kids in our churches? We're just a lot like these disciples. And the Lord Jesus was moved with indignation. At that kind of an attitude, I, I was a. I, I learned to witness in Cape Charles, Virginia. That was the first church my wife and I attended after we came to know the Lord as our Savior. And in Cape Charles, Virginia, this is what I learned to do. I, I went with another man, and we knocked on a door. And when they answered it, I said, "Hello, my name's John Romano. I come from the Cape Charles Baptist Church." do you know if you died tonight if you would go to heaven? And in Cape Charles, Virginia, that's down south, they would say, yes, I do. Would you like to come in and talk about that? Or no, I don't, but you're welcome to come in and have a cup of tea with us or something like that, you know. And and in you would go into that home. And you'd have an opportunity to share the gospel. And so I went to Eastport, Maine to pastor And in Eastport, Maine, I decided I was going to visit in homes as a pastor there, and I knocked on doors, and I said, hello, my name's John Romano, I pastor of the Washington Street Baptist Church. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven in Eastport, Maine? And people slammed the door or said, that's none of your blankety-blank business, whether I go to heaven or not, and that was that was that in Eastport, Maine. And yet I knew that God wanted me to evangelize that community. And so I set that little uh, way aside. And I got a book by Dr. D. James Kennedy called Evangelism Explosion. Are you familiar with Evangelism Explosion, any of you? And we uh, that was a this program still. They use it down there in Herman still to good success. But I tried it in Eastport, Maine, and I learned that. Have any of you ever been to Eastport, by the way? You've been to Eastport, yeah? You've been to Eastport? You can't explode very long in Eastport. It just doesn't. It's a little fishing community. It doesn't lend itself to a lot of excitement and explosions. It, just, it looks like it's been exploded, but it doesn't lend itself to that. It does. It, it does, the main street. But I wanted to minister. I wanted to witness. I wanted to share the gospel with that community. And we had a children's ministries. They turned into good news clubs. We had children's ministries. And I visited in the home of every child that came to our church for any reason. VBS, I mean, you talk about, if you still do VBSs, you talk about a wonderful Opportunity to reach a whole community you take the names of all the kids the parents will still send their kids for one reason or another to VBS you take the names of all those kids and you knock on those doors and this is what I said as I knocked on those doors there my name is John Romano I pastor the church where your kids came to vacation bible school this summer I pastor the church where your kids go to our good news club I'd like to come in and talk to you about what they're learning And you know, in Eastport, Maine, nobody ever said no. They never said no. And I learned a valuable lesson there about children's ministry. I learned that if I was faithful in ministry to kids, that would open doors to the whole community, to people of all ages. And it's important to reach the kids just for the sake of reaching the kids. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. That includes kids. He says right there in Matthew Uh, Chapter 18, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. But my goodness, when I began to reach those kids, it opened doors for whole families to come to know the Lord Jesus as Savior. If I had the time and the inclination, and I know I'm running out of time here, but if I had that, my goodness, I could talk to you about all kinds of families who came to know the Lord because we ministered to their kids and then we were faithful in following up that ministry into the home where you could share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with whole families. Our Lord Jesus said, minister to kids. And he was moved with indignation when they did not. And then it says concerning him that assuredly, well, let the little children come to me And do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. I don't know if I shared this. I think I shared it with the freshman class earlier. But I I don't know what the Lord Jesus said to those kids. I wish I did. But I know this. I know how those kids felt when they left his presence. How did they feel when they left his presence? What did they know in their heart? Beyond any shadow of a doubt, I'm sure of it. What did they know when they left his presence? They knew that the Lord Jesus loved them. He took them up in his arms. Kids! The disciples had said, no, no, he doesn't have time. He took them up in his arms. He put his hands on them, and he blessed them. And do you think that the needs of kids have changed over the last 2,000 years or 2,200 years? They have not changed. And do you think that the solution to their need has changed? It has not changed. Changed. They still need to be taken up in the arms of the Lord to have His hands upon them and to hear His word of blessing upon their lives. And that comes from you and that comes from me. They need to know that. And so I want kids to know that the Lord Jesus loves them. As I shared in that evangelism class there, that to me means Calvary. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the same message that kids need today, and they need you and I to give it to them. I I, I forget every time, every year I forget, and I'm gonna, I've got to take a moment extra, or I'll forget it this year too. Caleb, those brochures, uh, I've uh, I, I have brochures on the table there in the dining hall lounge and one of them is a CYIA brochure Christian Youth and Action Training School and the the, the ones on top are, are a Christian Youth and Action Training School that CEF of Maine conducted right here at New Brunswick Bible Institute Grace went didn't she loved every minute of it I should have you tomorrow give a testimony concerning that but Grace went loved every loved every moment of it profited from it learned from it I know the school is thrilled to have us here Alex Burgoyne who is our local director over in Aroostook County he directed the school he will direct the school again this year and we we started doing that last year because the maritime provinces have no CEF director and so we were asked by the Canadian director is there anything we could do to help CEF of Canada so we thought well we could do a Christian Youth in Action training school and now there, there is a new director for the Maritimes. He'll be arriving in this area in March or April, I've been told. And so hopefully he'll be here for that CYIA training school. But, you know, if, if the, the brochures are up there. Even if you can't go, grab one. Grab one, grab two or three, and bring them back to your church with you and encourage your young people in that church to go. They will learn how to minister to children. Caleb you're a CYIA or haven't you aren't you yes and has it been profitable in your life i i i, I know there was one year you weren't going to come and uh, your friend brandon even i mean brandon busy but can i just come to CYIA i just want to be at christian youth and action training school i mean i'd love to see that just take off right here in the maritimes in maine we had 130 young people there from uh, freshmen right through college age learning to share the gospel with boys and girls. My, we could, we could do that right here in the Maritimes too. It's a tremendous... Uh, well, anyways, I better stop. Thank you. Thank you. Get, get, one of those, uh, get one of those brochures and if you have any questions about it, talk to Mike or Margaret or talk to Caleb or Bryce. Where's Bryce? Bryce back there. You, you attended this one too, didn't you? It's a good program. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Thank you.